You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Scientific research proves it. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Patty Wooten. Patty Wooten is a registered nurse, past president of the American Association for Therapeutic Humor, best-selling author, and international speaker on the therapeutic benefits of humor. Patty Wooten, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you so much, Susan. Who is the granddaddy of laughter research? Susan, that would have to be Dr. William Fry, Professor Emeritus from Stanford University Medical School. Dr. Fry began the pioneering research on humor in the early 1960s, measuring the respiratory effect and the cardiovascular effect. He really inspired the medical community to take humor seriously. Tell us about the Norway study on humor at the University of Bergen. I mean, we've got the bookends here. We have Dr. Fry starting back in the 1960s, and now Dr. Spiebach's research just being presented March 2007 at the Society for Psychosomatic Medicine meeting in Budapest, Hungary. And Sven Seebach is a professor at the University of Bergen in Norway, and he has looked at the effect of laughter on longevity, that old folk phrase that goes, he who laughs, laughs. And Dr. Seebach's research seems to be proving that this is in fact true. What Dr. Spiebach did uh, 10 years or so ago is he began his study and he gathered together 54,000 Norwegians who agreed to be followed for seven years. One of the uh, tools that he used measured their ability to find laughter in different everyday situations. How likely were they to laugh during everyday occurrences? His results that he published uh, or presented at this society meeting showed that people that were in the top 25% of their ability to laugh, those top 25% laughers, they were actually 35% more likely to survive at the end of seven years. So here's a clue that maybe laughter is somehow adding to longevity. Another interesting piece of the puzzle or piece of the study was out of that 54,000, he found out that a little over 2,000 of those people had cancer. So he pulled those out and matched them for the demographics that we standardly use. And he found out that those that had a high ability to appreciate humor and experience laughter, their survival increased by 70%. Huge. 70% increase in survival when they were able to find humor and laughter in their lives. What was he concluding was happening in the body to make this possible? I don't know that he has actually drawn conclusions. And he's a very careful researcher who has cautioned others not to rush forward and uh, make profound claims based on research that it couldn't back it up. So I think he would basically say that, you know, there's a strong correlation here that something is happening. And whether that's a mental state that is changing our ability, whether or not that's our ability to neutralize stress with laughter, or whether, in fact, we will someday find that it is the immune system's ability to protect us, or that this laughter protects our hearts and so that we aren't as open to heart disease. 
So I'm not sure that he's going to make any strong claims right now other than there's a huge significant trend here. Tell us about the UCLA Pediatric Pain Control Research. Yes, and that's been going on for, oh gosh, about seven years now. It started in around 2000. And it's two physicians at the Johnson Cancer Center in UCLA, a part of UCLA system. And there's Dr. Margaret Stuber, who is a psychiatrist, and Dr. Lonnie Zeltzer, who is a pediatric pain specialist. And what they did with the help of Sherry Hilber, who started RX Laughter, and you can find that on the web, www.rxlaughter.org. Sherry Hilber got Hollywood to join together and utilize their resources with comedy films and comedy experts and create a series of comedy film snippets that were age-specific because we know that kids at different ages laugh at different things. So you can't show a 2-year-old the same thing you're going to show a 12-year-old. So with the help of Hollywood and Sherry Hilbert, they got together films for these kids to watch. And what the two physicians have found was that after the kids had been watching these comedy video, their pain tolerance increased by 40%. So they could experience a procedure that most kids would consider very, very painful and annoying. They could experience it with much more comfort because they'd been laughing at some of these comedy film strips. And they have promised to publish this study this year in a a pediatric journal, an international pediatric journal. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Patty Wooten, a nurse, a clown, discussing the latest health and humor scientific research. Patty, how does that research at UCLA differ from the University of Massachusetts Pediatric study? Well, I think they, they looked at, uh, at different things. UCLA was studying mostly the, uh, the, the incidence of pain and comfort with the pediatric population and using film for their intervention. The study done by Jacqueline Dowling at the University of Massachusetts, and she did this as part of her doctoral research, took a look at kids who have cancer similar to UCLA. And what they did is they gave them a series of tests that measures how likely they were to use humor to cope. And some kids used a lot of humor to cope with stress and challenges, and some kids didn't. What they found was that the kids that used humor to cope, that had a high sense of humor and used it, they had a better psychological adjustment to the stressors of cancer. As the fatigue came on, as the hair loss came on, all those changes, body changes, that the kids who were able to laugh a lot had a better psychological adjustment. And the other thing they found was that kids that used a lot of humor and laughter, they had a lower incidence of infection. Now, again, this is not a hard numbers study, and it's not a causative study, but there's a strong correlation that perhaps humor improves your psychological ability to adjust to severe illness. And perhaps humor has something to do with strengthening the immune system so that they are not as prone to infections. Describe the Japanese allergy clinic study. Well, this was done by Dr. Haimata, as I remember. I can't remember exactly how to pronounce his name. But uh, what he found was that the allergic response decreased 
after people had watched a comedy film, that their bodies actually didn't respond as vigorously to known allergens for that person. Now, this study, interesting enough, talks about the immune system, different parts of the immune system responding to humor and laughter. And when we look at all of these studies, I think it's important that we remember the sample size, that some of these studies don't have strong funding so that their sample sizes tend to be a little lower. And statisticians would say, well, you know, that weakens the statistical relevance. And that's true. It it probably does on hardcore science. However, it's interesting and it adds to the growing volume that somehow when we laugh, our immune system is listening. What research has been done on tears? Oh, this is some research that was done probably a long time ago, I believe, oh, 50s or 60s, by a Dr. William Frey. And what he did was he got two groups of people, and one group was actually crying from an emotional trigger. I'm not sure exactly if he used film to trigger that crying or a sad story or what, but he triggered people to cry from emotion, and he collected some of their tears. He then had another group of people peel an onion. And, of course, when you do that, a lot of times your eyes will water, appearing to be like tears. However, when he studied the emotional-based tears, he found there were stress chemicals in those tears. And when he studied the tears from the onion peelers, he didn't find those same stress chemicals. So this is, again, another clue that perhaps this emotion, this what we call cathartic emotion, somehow releases stress chemicals that we know harm the body. And this, of course, has a tie back to the ancient Greeks, who believed that when people who were ill, if they had the opportunity to watch a tragedy or a comedy performed on stage, and they were allowed to laugh or to cry, that both of these expressions of emotion would help to heal the body. What happened with the research involving MRIs and cartoons? That was another interesting study, and off the top of my head, I can't remember who did it. They had these people looking, and they were shown cartoons while they were getting an MRI of their brain. And and also a similar study was done using Seinfeld clips. They were actually viewed a clip of Seinfeld sitcoms. And what they found in both of those is that as the setup of the gag, as the person started to interpret the cartoon or watch the setup to the humor, their left hemisphere, their logical hemisphere was very active. And that at the moment they got the gag, that they were able to laugh, they got it, they got to perceive the humor, there was a movement from the left hemisphere towards the right hemisphere, which is our creative global view hemisphere. So music and art appreciation. So what we see there is humor brings the two sides of the brains together. And then the other interesting thing they saw is that once it reached the right hemisphere, it then moved back to the hippocampus, which is our memory center in charge of in terms of long-term memory. And this perhaps is why we know that when educators, professors or teachers teach with humor that the students remember the message somehow that maybe accessing the hippocampus with the humor somehow locks the lesson into our memory a bit stronger. What is the therapeutic potential for laughter? Well, I would say that it's therapeutic for the physical body. It's therapeutic for the mind uh, in terms of our feelings and psychological state. And it's therapeutic for our spirits in terms of our belief systems and our ability to hope for something better. What we've learned in medicine over the years is that you 
can't just take care of the body, that the mind is very influential in terms of a person's compliance with uh, the treatment plan, in terms of their emotional experiences during treatment. And we have more recently found that we need to take a look at that patient's belief systems and to support their belief systems. And Larry Dossie, his physician uh, oncologist from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, has written a lot on prayer and how important and essential prayer is and spiritual faith is for a person's ability to support the traditional allopathic healing. So in terms of humor and laughter being therapeutic, I'd say in every area, body, mind, and spirit, certainly socially in the area of our social interactions with others. Patty Wooten, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome, Susan. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.